Show me the truth that I'm not seeing The grace upon grace Alright guys, we welcome you back on our another episode of Setting Our Thoughts Captive. I'm Chitiz. I'm Daytuan. And thank you for tuning with us um, every week and, and listening to what we have to say as we discuss various topics, various uh, theologies with the lens of scripture. And so we have one more that we're going to discuss today. And here's, here's a fact that I read this week which is going to kind of blend into what we're going to talk about today too, is one out of seven Christians in the world face severe persecution. Mm. Did you know that? No. I didn't know that either. But it's like for us in the Western world, this is such a foreign concept that, that we don't exactly know what severe persecution is. Yet one out of seven Christians in the world face severe persecution. That's more than 360 million. And I was looking at this list of countries where being a Christian means that you're almost guaranteed persecution. And and, and this, obviously the top of it goes to North Korea. And then there's Somalia, Yemen. There's a country named Eritrea. I didn't even know there's a country named that. But Libya, Nigeria, Pakistan. And there's this India, countries like Saudi Arabia. All these countries come on top 25 countries where... It, these are the most dangerous places to be Christian in 2023. So, said that, I feel like the uh, is even if you study the church history, even if you study Christian history, persecution or suffering and Christianity has always gone along each other. Mm. And I'm saying as Christianity has advanced, so has suffering, so has persecution. And so that's why we want to look into what does the Bible say about suffering? Why why do? Why does why is Christianity why does suffering move alongside Christianity? And yeah. so and, yeah. and 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 then and at the same time ask yourself the question mm. are you worthy to suffer for mm. Christ? Yes. Or do you even know that we are to suffer for Christ, right? Let's begin there. But then if you do know, then are you worthy to suffer for Christ? So, yes. So, begin. Let's begin, Ditwan. Take us take us to the promised land. <laughs> All right. Well, let's first just talk about what suffering is, mm. right? Like, yeah. what would you what would you say suffering is? For the for the sake of Christ or the sake of righteousness is, you know, when I when I think about that, I think about like the first first thing that comes to my mind is Matthew, right? Because it kind of helps us what, uh, and then and we will we should come back to this again later on. But but in Matthew five, our in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus was giving out the Beatitudes, the end of the Beatitudes in verse 11, it says, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. And that's what I think for me is suffering, mm. right? When others revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Mm. And so that that is for me is suffering for Christ's sake. When when us being a Christian, when us functioning as a Christian, when us fulfilling our uh, responsibility as a Christian, when we are attacked, 
by the world when we are mocked, teased, ridiculed, murdered, to mm-hmm. take it to an extreme, when when all these things are 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 brought against us for our uh, for us being Christian simply for our faith for our faith yeah then that that's suffering yeah and I think um, I think when we look at you know Hebrews eleven right mm. the the chapter of the the great ones who exercise mm-hmm. faith right they they were do they, don't they call this the hall of fame of faith yeah yeah all right I don't know how I want to transition with this but I but I I want us to to see that like when we look at the people of old yeah right who 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 were who lived by faith right mm-hmm. the things that they hoped for with the, the evidence of things not seen they believed god and and i think regardless of what comes they hold on to the promises of god and and whether that is suffering whether that is uh, a long period of waiting for the promise to come mm-hmm. um yeah, and we and can follow their follow, follow their, ex- their example their example of faith when things get hard or when we when it's hard to see uh, what God has promised. Absolutely, and 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 you're right. Like when you walk by faith and you follow a God who's light in this dark world, and and what you're ex- what you're trying to say is that the pro we can look at the examples of Old Testament, we can look at the examples of New Testament that there will be suffering, right? And, and I'll tell you why that is. And then it's in Second uh, Corinthians 4, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, uh, where Paul writes, right? In verse 4, he writes, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And then verse 5, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. With ourselves is your servants of Jesus for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of, the, out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So what is happening is there's this cosmic battle between God who is light and, and in the world that is darkness. And, and, and we are in the middle sharing Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. sharing the light of Jesus Christ to the world that is blinded by darkness. And so just like when you are in a dark room for a long period of time, like, like you know, my, my daughter, she sleeps in her own room, and then when she cries, we go. And the moment I turn the light on, it hurts her eyes, right? So she starts to, like, almost, like, uh, play with her eyes and, and because it hurts your eyes when you see the light. In the same way, the world that is gripped by darkness, when they hear the light of the gospel, when they hear the light of Jesus Christ, it is very obvious that it is going to be met with some resistance. Mm. And so that is why there are persecutions when when the dark world is being met by Jesus Christ, mm. basically the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, And so... Yeah, and and that's the thing though. Like, um, when we look at when we look at those people, especially the ones that we know, um, the great stories of them, it there was there was resistance, right, mm. for their faith. Yeah. And when you when you go to the very next chapter of Hebrews twelve, it says, therefore Hebrews twelve one and really one and two, 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And, and, and I love this part right here. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand at the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. And I think, you know, as we walk with Christ, as we preach the gospel, as we pursue holiness and righteousness, we too will be met with opposition. Mm -hmm. And so the encouragement, the, the, the exhortation here is for us to say, okay, obviously we are, we know where to lay aside the, the sin, right? We are to continue to uh, not let sin reign in our mortal bodies, but mortify the deeds of our body, right? Uh, to pursue holiness. But the other call is also the things that are not necessarily sin, the things that we love to do that may get in the way of us running the race better, running the race faster, running the race more efficiently. We are to get rid of those things and look to Christ in the same sense who cling to nothing of this world, but came to do the will of his father, despising the shame, endured the cross, right? The, mm -hmm. the hostility that he was met. And Jesus says the same thing, you know, because they hated me, they're going to mm -hmm. hate you too. Absolutely. So, so all this to say that if you're a believer, suffering is by design. It is expected, mm. especially if you are uh, bold in, in, in being an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Let's say that, right? So mm -hmm. let's use the word ambassador of Jesus Christ. If you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ to a dark world, there will be suffering. Mm -hmm. It is by design. So it is not to take any believers as surprise. By surprise, in fact, we ought to expect it. Right. In fact, we ought to expect it. And, 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 and that our example, our standard of that is Jesus Christ. Like like the verse that you mentioned, they, the world hated me. They will hate you. Right. We're not above our master. If Jesus is our master and if he was hated by this sinful world, they are going to hate us, too, because we are also signing the light of Jesus in the sinful world. Yeah. And and that is what that is, though, that is the model that I think the apostles exemplified. Right, because if you look at their life, they went, they gave us an example of what an ambassador of Jesus Christ looks like because they went with the gospel. And, and almost like in an Acts, I love the accusation that they made to Paul was like the, he's turning the world upside down. Mm. And so these guys are out there boldly sharing the gospel, and then they are being met with persecution. Yeah. Now, now, just think about this, right? So they're not, they're not, they're not suffering because they're in their couch. Playing video games, right? They're not suffering because of that. They're suffering because they're out there representing Christ, proclaiming Christ, boldly defending their faith. And 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 as a result of that, the world is world is resisting them. And, and I read the facts today too. One out of seven Christians are being persecuted in the world. Why? It's not because they're just quiet about their faith. Mm -hmm. It's because they are loud about their faith, mm -hmm. right? And this is where I think we can transition to where we are today, especially in the Western world where persecution and suffering is such a foreign concept. It's mm -hmm. very foreign concept. And, and, and most, of, most of 
even even those that have are listening to us maybe most of you have never suffered for Christ's sake most of you have never been persecuted for Christ's sake. And we need to ask the question. I think the same question that Daytuan was asking in the beginning. Are we worthy to suffer? Right. And so why are we not suffering? I think one of the things that comes to my mind is, is the, and especially because I've been, I grew up in Nepal and then I came here 13 years ago. What I noticed with, with the American culture and the society here is we are very private about things, including our Christianity. Right, so we are private about our Christianity. Like I believe, Jesus works for me. It work, He works for my family. But who am I to go tell my neighbor that hey, you need to believe, right? And and that is so foreign concept from the Bible. In fact, there's the same Second Corinthians four. Paul, uh, in in verse thirteen, he says that you know I believe, so I speak. We also believe, so we also speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that grace may extend to more and more people. It may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. And I love that Paul saying, like, believing in Jesus automatically leads to proclaiming Jesus. And if we even follow that concept, even uh-huh. in the United States, especially today, I believe that persecution, we will see persecution. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so if we if we boldly, if we don't privatize our faith and, and boldly go and share the gospel, why do we not? Like verse 14, Paul says, like, you know, he who raised Jesus will also raise us with Jesus, knowing that this is the only way to eternal life, that Jesus is the only way to eternal life, that the gospel, the person and saving work of Jesus Christ is the only way one can be saved and reconciled to Jesus. Why would we not speak? That's what Paul is trying to say. That's why he said, for it is all for your sake. And what is it all that he's talking about? All the persecution that he's faced, all the suffering that he's faced, right? All the hardship that he's faced, all for your sake, mm-hmm. so that his grace extends to more and more people. It may bring thanksgiving to the glory of God. So there's the glory of God that, that drives Paul to share the gospel boldly, knowing that while he does that, he's going to face persecution. Yeah. Yeah. And so if we, if we have the same mindset, right, that we're going to share the gospel, we've determined... Right. And, th- and that's the Great Commission. Right. Mm-hmm. Jesus tells us in Matthew 28. Right. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Right. But also tell teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. Right. So that the idea Jesus has told us to go and share the gospel. And before that, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to mm-hmm. me. Right. He you know, and I and I was talking with someone about this, like. A lot of times we look at Jesus as just our savior, Mm. right? We look at him. Okay. Jesus is the one that came, died on the cross. He saves us from our sins. But the other side to that is Jesus is also a king. Mm -hmm. He is also our Lord, Lord, mm -hmm. right? So he has authority. That means he is in control and he can tell us what to do and Mm -hmm. what not to do. And we ought to obey that. Mm -hmm. And so if we have the mindset that we're going to share the gospel, which we should, Mm -hmm. um, we also should have the mindset to, to suffer for the sake of the gospel mm-hmm. for the sake of Christ, right? At least, and I think at least the uh, you, uh, you mentioned this before. At least you got to be willing, willing, to suffer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the mindset is being willing to suffer, mm-hmm. and like, like, um, so, like, okay, go if we go to Matthew twenty four, um, and this is Jesus uh, preparing. I'm saying, like, okay, he's going to return. 
uh, and this is what it's going to be like to you know at the end right and this is where we are we are at the we're in the last days okay and he says this in uh, Matthew 24 verse starting at verse 9 then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Uh, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Right. Endures. What are they enduring? Mm -hmm. What are they? What are they having to not give up? Right. Mm -hmm. He's not saying, OK. You're going to be hated for my namesake, so stop preaching the gospel for a while mm -hmm. and let until things cool down. Yeah. He's saying, no, things are going to rev up. They're going to get worse, right? Mm -hmm. People's hearts are going to grow cold, mm -hmm. okay? So not only will they not, you know, have this just general, this general uh, love for one another, for their neighbor, or respect, people are going to have cold, hard hearts Absolutely. we already know the heart is wicked but it's going to be even worse mm -hmm. and so in the end of days as we share the the and and the the presumption here is like they are going to know you are a follower of mm -hmm. christ and so one of two things are going to happen right you're either going to be persecuted for his namesake and endure to the end or the ones who say that they love jesus and are persecuted are going to fall away mm. which one are you going to be exactly exactly and uh you know, and, and then the suffering and persecution comes in various forms and various magnitudes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like, like, like we may not have the same persecution that people that our brothers and sisters in, in Saudi Arabia or, or North Korea may have had, mm -hmm. right? But, but it may come in various forms that may, like, you know, you may lose your job mm -hmm. for your faith. Mm -hmm. Right, you may be ridiculed, bullied for your faith. Mm -hmm. I was just reading uh, about a Facebook post of this brother in Nepal who was thrown in jail for his faith, and 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 the other guy was mentioning how he was dragged in, on the top of this city in India for sharing the gospel. Right, so the persecution comes in various forms and various magnitudes. But when it does come, it will come because you are bold in your faith. That you're walking with Christ, you're bold in sharing the gospel. That's why it will come. Second, when it does come, are you willing? The third is is is, is even the even the more convicting and challenging uh, message that you just said was like, are you going to be the one that are going that is going to endure, or are you going to be the one that is going to fall away? Because mm -hmm. that is going to be an evidence if you really have true faith or not mm -hmm. right because of the, yeah, the when right, it gets hot when it yeah. gets when it gets hot what is your response what is your response that is going to tell you what your faith is yeah right if it's a genuine faith or not and and we as believers right we strive to not only uh receive the gospel but we strive to live our life that is worthy of the gospel of jesus christ mm. every single day and, and 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 there are various things that comes with it but one of the things that even the Bible teaches us is also suffering for Christ's sake, mm -hmm. right? And that's what uh, Paul mentions in Philippians. And, and Paul is such a great, like, Paul is a role model of how to suffer for Christ's sake, right? I mean, the guy suffered. I mean, if we can look at Second Corinthians, I mean, this is a guy who's not just, like, you know, thrown in jail for a few days. I mean, this guy has been beaten up, stoned, uh, stoned shipwrecked, I mean, thrown in jail, 
I mean, yeah. all types of suffering that he has faced. Yeah. Right? And yet, he is able to rejoice in his suffering because his mindset is this. We see that in Philippians 1 verse 27. He says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And do not be frightened in anything by your opponents. This is the clear sign to them of the destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. Now, this salvation that's from God, what does that look like? Verse 28, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Mm-hmm. Right? So it has been granted to us. It has been given to us for the sake of Christ that we not only believe in him, which is salvation. Mm-hmm. We love that gift. Right? The gift of salvation is great. But then right there, he says, not only salvation, but also suffer for his sake. Hmm. Right? Engage in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. So you, you've seen, you've heard all the suffering that I face. Remember that it has been granted to you to suffer for his sake. Hmm. So, you know, the suffering is not by coincidence. Mm-hmm. Like when you are boldly sharing the gospel and you suffer, when you are walking in faith and, and people mock you, people ridicule you, do not be surprised. Do not be surprised. In Second Corinthians 4, Paul says, do not lose heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't lose heart because it is expected. It is, it is by God's design. And in fact, like right here, it's, it's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift to suffer for Christ's sake. And, and in the same Mindset is by Jesus, and, and I just want to read this verse and and uh, the very verse that we read earlier in in Beatitudes. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and order all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you, and the prophets that that one already mentioned in Hebrews eleven, mm-hmm. right? And so we see. The persecution is by design, and when it does come, instead of ca- catching us by surprise, or instead of, like you said, falling away, we are to actually expect it. And in fact, Matthew 5, so we are to rejoice. Yeah, It's a, it's an honor, yeah. right? It's a privilege to yeah. suffer for Christ's sake. You know, and you bring up a good point when you mention the prophets of old, right? Because Jesus makes the accusation to the Pharisees about how... Um, you know, one, with the signs that were were done here, if it was done in Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm. they would have repented, right? Like, yeah. and so, but also the prophets that were sent to you, don't say that you would have listened to them. Had you been there in that day, you would have listened and received the prophets because here you are rejecting the one who the prophets spoke of, i.e. me, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, when we go back and look at even at the prophets, persecution has been happening since the beginning, right? And the the first person that we mentioned out of Hebrews 11 was Cain and Abel. Abel was killed for his faith, mm-hmm. right? So persecution is as old as we are. Mm-hmm. And so the idea to think that or not be willing to suffer for the name of Christ does actually it actually doesn't make sense. No, it's 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 incompatible with the Bible, uh, because 
it's by God's design and it's that's how it's like you know I, I look at Acts and I see how the gospel flourished all over the world mm-hmm. it is through persecution I mean mm-hmm. one of the greatest examples is, is Paul himself right like he's out there executing Stephen in Acts chapter 9 and and, and and that leads to the believers the the Christians being dispersed all over the area and those dispersed Christians later form a church in Antioch and that same church in Antioch, where the word Christian was used for the first time in Acts chapter 13, is sending Paul out on his first missionary journey. Yeah. And so you cannot write that script better. Like, you know, when persecution does, persecution is by God's design to advance his kingdom. Yeah. And we see it again and again and again. When there is persecution, there is advancement of God's kingdom. Yeah. Paul even says in Philippians 1, as he's in prison, verse 12, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance mm. the gospel. Right. And so I think that's the other mindset, too, that we have to have. Like when it comes to suffering, why why do we go, why do we allow suffering to come? Mm-hmm. Why are we willing to suffer? Mm-hmm. Why do we rejoice in suffering? Like if we go. If we go to um, in the book of Acts, right, and we look at Acts 5, verse 41, um, and we see what happened with Peter. Um, Peter and uh, who, was the, who was the other one with Peter? Um, but uh, anyway, so Peter, Peter was in prison, and look, look at this. Uh, then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor mm. for the for the for for the name for whose name Jesus for the name of Jesus right they're preaching they're preaching stop preaching they don't stop preaching they keep on preaching and then they are imprisoned right and so like they are rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the sake of Christ, hmm. right? And so we we have to have that mindset too, not only being willing to suffer for the sake of Christ, but when suffering comes, even going so far as to rejoice that mm-hmm. we've actually been counted worthy. So what is gonna drive this attitude of being willing to suffer for Christ? What do you think? You know, uh, I read this statement a while back when I was preparing for a sermon and that has always stuck you know when you read like some things like it just sticks with you for many years Mm -hmm. and that was the statement that stuck with me for many years and it said something like this and I'm paraphrasing uh, this but it said when you have a death defying commitment for the gospel and this was like I read this like seven years ago I still is with me Uh, it says something like when you have a death defying commitment for the gospel Suffering is inevitable, right? Mm -hmm. But eternity with God is going to be proof that it was all worth it. Mm. It was all worth it, that none of it was in vain. When we think of, of eternity with God, when we think of the glory that awaits us, right? Mm -hmm. It is all worth it. Mm. I'm so there, there, that's the eternal value of suffering, right? But then I want to think about even the earthly value of suffering. It's like when you go share the gospel, and when you're boldly sharing the faith, God is using even your suffering to advance his kingdom, mm-hmm. right? And so more and more people are going to hear about the gospel, are going to experience the grace that you have experienced through that, 
Mm-hmm. And as a result, we have more and more people coming together and, and glorifying God, right? As they, as they believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so there's, there's I, I would say, like almost like a, although that is a great reward, right? Earthly reward, but then there's eternal reward at the same time. Yeah, so, and okay. So, so we, so what I would equate that to is, you know, set your mind on things above, right? Mm. Seek ye first the kingdom of mm-hmm. God, right? So, okay, um, our mindset is not on earthly things, mm-hmm. but rather heavenly things, mm-hmm. right? So that's going to drive us. But I also think even in, even initially with that is the thing that's going to compel it, compel us is love. Mm. Yeah. Love for God, love for our neighbor, right? And so if we go back, if we actually go back to Philippians 1, one of the things that I, I find striking that Paul says uh he says, um, and it's in verse, uh, uh, the verse starting at verse eight, he says, for God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And here it is. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Mm. So the reason why I mentioned this, like in terms of love, when we talk about love, a lot of times, especially when it comes to the, the it, at least it seems like in the Western world, that the talk is that love is tolerance. Mm. Our love is um, accepting someone even in the wrong that they do and saying it's okay that they're that they're in that wrong um but paul says i want you to bound in love more and more with mm-hmm. knowledge and all discernment and the, and i think this is key like as we grow in our love love and knowledge go hand in hand mm-hmm. right we know what the will of mm-hmm. god is we are able to discern what is right and wrong and that is true love mm-hmm. that is true love right if we look at the if we look at the moral law right the first four and we i always say this the the first four is loving god the last six is loving man mm-hmm. right if we're going to fulfill the law um or attempt to fulfill the law the law the law hangs on love Right. And so as we're growing in our love for God, our knowledge of what God says is right and what God says is wrong should coincide with this love that we have, which is what Paul has. Right. As he's going and preaching the gospel, declaring the gospel, he's telling people the truth Mm -hmm. and a byproduct of that. Right. Some believe, but others still are offended even Mm -hmm. in the love that he has for them he says at one point in romans like if i could be accursed Mm -hmm. and my brothers uh, and sisters that that are jews would would be able to believe and have access to this faith Mm -hmm. to salvation like let me be accursed that's great love Mm -hmm. and yet these are the same the same ones who are persecuting him Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it is, you know, I, I think what would world be if people had the mindset like Paul, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, think about this, right? For this guy, like, you know, hey, 
for me to leave is Christ, right? So mm-hmm. whatever he does is Christ. You throw him in jail, Philippians 1, he says he's saying the gospel to the jailers. You can't even throw him in jail because he's now converting the jailers, right? He's, he's preaching the gospel to people that usually would not have opportunity to hear the gospel. So he's rejoicing even in that suffering that I get to, I get to share the gospel with this, this imperial guards. Mm-hmm. I mean, you say, I'm going to kill you. He says, for me to die is gain, right? And mm-hmm. so, so, like, you know, <laughs> for me to die is even better. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that kind of guy? You mm-hmm. can't. You can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, so if we had the same mindset like Paul did, right, for me to leave his Christ, for me to die is gain, so I'm not scared of any persecution, I give accounts to my Lord, and, and I'm I'm going to walk in faith, boldly proclaiming Christ because of my love for God, because of my love for my neighbor, because only through Christ can a rebellious sinner be reconciled to God, right? Mm -hmm. And so through us, God is reconciling the world to himself Mm -hmm. through us being his ambassador, Mm -hmm. right? And so Paul is is almost like a great exemplar of, of what that ambassador looks like. But while we always praise paul right like we we see his great work that he has done missionary works at all the churches that he established remember that it didn't come without a price Mm. right it came with great suffering it came with great persecution Mm -hmm. yet paul's attitude and all that was to rejoice because he like like you mentioned earlier he found it worthy to suffer for christ's sake Mm -hmm. and that is so so if we so like okay so we see we see the others who suffered okay let's have this mindset of suffering right mm-hmm. like being willing to suffer um to re- rejoice in and really we're saying like we suffer because we we're telling the truth mm-hmm. and we're doing what's right mm-hmm. and that as a result like you you mentioned earlier the light shines mm-hmm. and it hurts and people love the darkness mm-hmm. right but we suffer because we tell the truth mm-hmm. and we're we're doing what is right so mm-hmm. i think a, one we can't leave the discussion without bringing up first peter mm-hmm. right so first peter 2 um looking at verse um verse 18 uh, servants be subject to your masters with all respect not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing. When mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it, credit is it if when you sin and are beating for it, beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good, mm and suffer for it you endure this is a gracious thing in the sight of god for to this you have been called because christ also suffered for you leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps Mm -hmm. right so if you get in trouble because you've done wrong and we all know you've done wrong okay that like what credit what does that matter right but if you get in trouble for doing what is right Mm -hmm. the bible says that's a gracious thing Mm -hmm. right and we are to follow the example that christ has laid before us we talk we we talk we talked a lot about paul but really here 
Paul is not even really pointing to himself, mm-hmm. right? He's pointing to Christ. Absolutely. So we are to follow the example of Christ uh, and, 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 and consider the suffering that we have as this gracious thing. But let, let's keep going. Let's keep going in, in Peter. So 1 Peter 3, 14. Let's look at that. Um, or let's start at verse 13. Now, how is it there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile you, your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will mm. than for doing evil. Mm. Okay. So um, I love the, the Nasby ver- version that says those who disparage your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. Right. The idea here is um, they're, they're saying you're evil. They're calling you bigots. They're um, even to the point where some are losing their life saying that you're wrong, right? If we look at Christ's example, they said Christ had a demon. They said he was a blasphemer. They said he was a wicked man. They rejected him. They rejected him, but it was also so that he would suffer for our sake so that we could be reconciled to God. And in the same way, as we preach the gospel and we suffer for Christ, these things need to happen. It puts them to shame yet it brings glory to Christ. And we should be willing and have that attitude to suffer, not for doing what's wrong, but doing what is right. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's not like, it's not like people that are suffering for Christ are like, you know, they're reckless and they're, they just are addicted to suffering or something like that. It's not, it's not that they're reckless, but it's just because like what you mentioned, like they're driven by the glory of God, that they want God to be glorified not only in them, but also with every people group in the world. Mm-hmm. And that is what drives them to go share the gospel boldly because they believe that God does not only deserve our glory, He deserves glory from every single creation. Mm-hmm. And so if that is what drives them to go and, and, and lay down their lives for the sake of Christ and rejoice in that process, in that journey, Knowing that what they're doing is is fulfilling the Great Commission, being obedient to God, but at the same time also knowing that you know they are worthy to suffer just like their master has suffered. Yeah. Right? When you look at Jesus' suffering, right? I mean Philippians 2 says, Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And Christ, who was equal with God, took up on the human form and he was obedient to Father's will, even to the point of death, even death on the cross. Right? So we see this great moral set by Jesus who suffered for our sake. And now we as his believers, we are, I mean, there's, if we are to boldly be an ambassador of Jesus Christ, then, then we are to be willing to suffer. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Right? And, and so 
I think I think few things that I want to summarize what we talked about is first is that suffering is inevitable if you're a believer. Suffering is inevitable if you are a believer. You are to be willing to suffer. Now, now I'm not saying not everyone suffers the same way. Not everyone suffers like Paul does, right? I feel like if we are bold like Paul, we will probably would, <laughs> right? The second is like if you don't have suffering, if you have not been persecuted, then the question that you need to ask is like like what did one you mentioned in uh I think I think from Philippians the question that you know ask is first do you believe the truth do you speak the truth right because if you are if you believe the truth and that compels you to speak the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ then there will be some form of persecution whether it be being mocked ridiculed kicked out of job demerit in school i don't i don't know what what all forms of 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 uh resistance that you will face but you will face some and 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 i'm not talking about people in saudi arabia and north korea i'm talking about the united states where we are right now mm-hmm. right so you will so that's the question that i would ask like why am i not suffering is it because i'm private about my faith mm. and so that's what that's what challenges us like you know like paul says we believe so we speak and so go speak the gospel knowing what the gospel is and uh, the third one is what gives us great joy in suffering is is that suffering even death will not have the last say right mm-hmm. it's not the last say in the end we will be rewarded for our faithfulness with eternity with god mm-hmm. and that is what kept paul from like you know not giving up among all the other suffering that he faced right and in second corinthians he says uh, in verse 16 says we do not lose heart mm-hmm. No matter what suffering we face, we do not lose heart. He said, why? He says, right, that though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Mm-hmm. And he calls this, for this light momentary affliction. And you look, look at his affliction, is nothing compared to uh, like what we suffer. He's his, he, this guy suffered, right? So he said, but he calls it light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison is we look not to things that are seen, but to things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Yeah. And, and, that's, so, and that's faith, right? Exactly. Right. Hoping for what you don't yet see. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think, you know, closing closing out uh, from my last thoughts is really um, still within First Peter. Right. Mm-hmm. So First Peter 4. Um, and we, you know, we kind of cherry picked and but but nevertheless, like I would encourage you guys to read First Peter um, and dealing with suffering. But listen to this First Peter four, uh, verse one and two. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. And then the last, the last thought with this, um, I want to jump down to verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. 
But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Mm. So, you know, again, um, the suffering that we go through is for the glory of God. We don't be ashamed of it. Don't try to avoid it, but but keep going. And, and, and I'm going to just read the last three verses right here. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Yeah. And so suffer well, and let it be a privilege for us believers to suffer. So that's all I have to say. All right, peace. Right, peace.